You know when I'm standing up here, just getting ready, it's terrible because I'm, I'm thinking of like random jokes just going through my mind. It's, it's a terrible thing. I don't know if you've ever been discouraged as a Christian. I, uh, I probably shouldn't tell you the story I'm about to tell you. Um, I haven't quite figured out as a leader like where that line is of things like that I shouldn't tell you about me. Um, because there probably is a point somewhere where you just stop thinking that I'm worthy of listening to because of some of the stuff that I tell you about me. Um, uh, but one of the things that, <laughs> that I, I deal with in my life way too often is I recognize where I want to be, and I realize where I am. And, and where I want to be and where I am aren't necessarily the same place. Are you with me on that? Like, there's a gap between those two things. Like, I, I want to be an uncommon Christian. I want to be like, you know, perfect would be good. That would be good. I would like that. But, but way too often, I, I find that there's a gap there between that and, and where I'm at. So I'm at a soccer game. Now, you need some background to understand this. It is a third and fourth grade girls soccer game. My daughter's playing. And I'm the coach. And if you get to know me a little bit, you understand that, that I am like super hyper competitive. I'll, I'll confess it. I want to win. As the coach of a third and fourth grade girls soccer team, I, I want them to know soccer, but I want to win the game. So we're out there. We're up two goals. We get two goals scored on us. Bam, bam. Steam starts rolling out of my ears on the sideline. And I begin yelling at a couple of my players. And it's not some of that encouraging yelling, like, come on, girls. You can do it. It's more like, get your butt over here. What are you doing? You got to be in front of her. That was yesterday. <laughs> We're going through the line. You know, the good game, good game, good game. Get to the coach. Hey, good game, coach. He looks at me and goes, you know, you might think about chilling out with some of your players. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. That one hurt. 
So all afternoon yesterday, I'm thinking, oh, someone was recording that. My name's going to be on the 10 o'clock news. They're going to look it up and see that I'm a Bible college professor and a preacher. And someone is going to come to my house with a microphone and ask me what I think about all of that. And I'm thinking, God, I want to be an uncommon Christian, but I fail way too often. I don't know if you've ever been there. Where the thing that you desperately want is, is not the reality that you have. And, and, and as I was looking through the text and as I came to this, uh, this, this series that we're in and an uncommon and living the uncommon Christian life and uh, an uncommon church, I began to ask the question, in times where Christians struggle with sin, when we struggle to demonstrate the kinds of fruit of the Spirit that we want to demonstrate, when we want to be gentle but we fail to be, when we want to be loving but we, we fail to be, when we aim for the moon and we, we barely meet the clouds, how is it that, that, that those of us who have this propensity to sin, this uh, this constant of, of wanting to be something and yet sin keeps getting in the way. How is it that we can uh, be confident that, that God's going to hang in with us in this relationship that we have? How can we be sure that, that God's going to stick with us? How can we be certain that everything in the end is going to be all right? You ever struggle with that? Sin? Doubt before God? I do. The good news is that God gave us revelation in His Word. And the Apostle John, in a community of Christians, is answering some of the same sorts of questions that we're asking here this morning. And the great part, uh, the amazing part, is he points to uncommon sharing as a result of how we are to live our lives. Uh, I want to answer the question. How is it that we can know that God's going to hang with us? That's the question I want to answer, and I, I want to get there this morning uh, by, by really talking about an uncommon sharing that is a result of the Christian life, that is a result of what God has been doing in us. You want to hang in for that? How is it that we can know with some sort of certainty that everything's going to turn out in this relationship that we have with God. And I'm going to link that, that question, with uncommon sharing. You see, as a church, we're, we come together and we say, hey, what? why is it that we exist? We exist to help people know God and grow in their relationship with God. That's why we exist. That's why we're here. And we're, we're going to do that. Last week we talked about that first piece, inviting, sharing, and serving. We need to be uncommon inviters. 
uncommon. This morning we need to be uncommon sharers. The great piece of what John is going to say is how is it that we can possibly know uh, that, that, that despite sin in our lives and this gap between where we want to be and where we are, how, how is it that we can know that we know that we know that this relationship with God is going to be okay? How is it that we can be certain? How is it we can have assurance? John's going to say, the evidence, the proof, is in the pudding. The evidence is in how we love fellow Christians. Look at verse 14 in chapter 3 of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. If you don't have a, a Bible, you can reach out and grab a pew Bible all the way back. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Jude and then Revelation. So all the way back in the very back, you'll find the letters of John. I'm in 1 John. I'm going to be in chapter 3. And I'm starting off in verse 14. John is telling us, John is telling us about uncommon sharing. How is it that we can know? How is it, how is it that we can be certain? How is it that we can have confidence despite our sin that that this relationship with God is going to be okay. How is it that we can know that? He's pointing to how we love others. Look at verse 14. We know, now he's contrasting. He's saying, hey, we know, Christians know, we know that we have passed from death to life. How is it that we know that? How is it that we know that God has done something in our life to cause us to go from death to life? Uh, from laying there on the side of the road, uh, ready to, to die, uh, to some, someone who is living, right? Living eternally. That even when we die, we don't die. How is it that we know that? And he's going to tell us. He says, because we love our brothers. How is it that we know? How is it that we, uh, we, can, we can recognize Right? Someone, a Christian, who has gone from death to life. How is it that we recognize that? He says it's love. And it's love of our brothers. And by the way, sisters is included in that. Okay, ladies? He's saying brothers and sisters. And when he uses the, the term brothers, uh, he's just not talking about our biological brothers. He's talking about brothers and sisters who have, have come in Christ. Right? Uh, those who have, have joined in belief in Jesus Christ He's talking about all of us. How is it that we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers? Notice what he says next. Anyone who does not love remains in death. So the, the result of what God has done in your life needs to show up. It needs to show up in uncommon sharing and how we love one another. Right? Are you all hanging with me? Now, I promise then I'm going to tie together that assurance question. How do I deal with sin in my life? How is it that I know that I can have a, a continued relationship with God? And I'm going to connect that with this love and sharing piece. Are you ready for that? Okay. Look at verse 16. What is it that this love looks like? John's going to say it looks like fellow Christians who are willing to stop at nothing absolutely nothing, stop at absolutely nothing uh, to share themselves with one another. Look at what he says, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. How is it that we know that God has done something in us? John seems to think that there ought to be a result in the life of the Christian in how we go about loving one another, loving other Christians. How do we go about sharing uncommonly? Well, I'll give you a few examples. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was in Myanmar, halfway around the world, uh, almost 12 hours on the other side of the world, and uh, we were dealing with, uh, not dealing with, we were uh, in ministry with uh, a church there in Myanmar, and uh, man, great things were happening. And uh, with all of these Buddhist temples, uh, uh, literally around this church, um, this church is thriving, and people are coming to know who Jesus is. And we got to go uh, to an orphanage, and, and, and there's, this, there's this guy, and he's running this orphanage out of his house. And he's like, I have as many kids as I can possibly have in this house, and we have more uh, uh, kids than we have space for. And we're trying to raise funds and build this building, and hey, can you help us out? So we, we gave him what we could. But here's the great thing. Here's the great thing. When we get home, one of the guys that happened to be going on the trip with us, he, he wasn't a part of the college. He, he has daughters that went to the college, and some of the da his daughters went on this particular trip. And he calls up, uh, and he says, hey, um, I want to send some money over. Uh, he has uh, uh, he's a, a person of some means, uh, and, and he just wanted to say, hey, how is it that I can meet the need of those in Myanmar halfway around the globe uh, so that uh, I can demonstrate this sort of thing? What is it that love looks like? It looks like someone picking up the phone and saying, I can do something about that need, and I'm going to meet it. And now maybe you're a person here this morning and you're a person of some means and you're looking out in the world and you notice Christians well, that they have needs and you can do something about them. And if you look at them and you know that you have the means uh, uh, to, to, to see them through, John is saying you better think long and hard about the kinds of things that Jesus has done for you. This is uncommon sharing. Why is it in the why in the world should you give away hard-earned money that uh, that, uh, that that you've worked hard for? Why why should you do that? Because Christ laid down His life for you. If you're a person that sees that and has the means, John John is saying, share uncommonly. But maybe you're not a person of means. Maybe you're saying, I I'm scraping by. How in the world am I supposed to, to share in an uncommon way? And John says that the result of your relationship with God ought to be that you love other Christians, that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Several years ago, uh, I had a colleague who was uh, 
she was pregnant and she gave birth to a, uh, a healthy baby boy. And then, you know, as sometimes happens, uh, uh, later on there were complications. And he, he wasn't sleeping and they found out later on that he had a, a pressure buildup in his brain and they had to have major surgery where they, where they actually like took part of his skull off, ground it out, and then put it back on. He wouldn't sleep at night. So she would come through day after day just like, oh my gosh, I've just been hit by a truck. What am I going to do? And one of the, the members of, of their small group uh, came in and said, you know what, I, I want to help you out. I recognize that, that you're living day after day, month after month, week after week, uh, just with absolutely no sleep. You're fatigued. You, 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 you're just ready to drop in any moment. And so what she did was she went over to their house and she said, I'm just going to stay up with your son. You go to bed, and I'll make sure that he's taken care of. And she did this several times to try and give a break. What does it look like for Christians uh, to love one another? John says they will stop at nothing to share uncommonly what they have. Maybe it isn't that you have uh, a lot of money to be able to give, but maybe it is that you have time. Maybe you can go and you can sit with that person. Maybe you can go and, and, and be with that mom. Maybe you can go and, and be with that uh, person who is grieving. Whatever it is, John is saying, hey, the result, the result of what God has done in you is that you have an opportunity to, to love other Christians. This week I got a text it was this crazy text. Um, it, it was a text that was basically something like this. Hey, hey, Mike, um, so um, you remember that couple that you told me about uh, several months ago that, that wanted to adopt? Were they serious? And I was like, what? You see, we have this couple in our small group, and for 17 years, 17 long years, they have desired to have children. And not been able to conceive. And they have just simply said to themselves, well, you know what? This isn't going to happen. You know, it's, it's not in the cards for us. Uh, uh, it just must not uh, be what, what God wants for us. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll live our lives and, and we'll try and live out the Christian life that God wants for us. And they were sharing this in our small group. I happened to share this with someone else. They have come to the point in life where they're like, well, I guess, you know, adoption, uh, that sounds pretty good, but we're not sure exactly what all that means. And I happened to share that several months ago with someone else in this church. And then I get that text earlier this week. Hey, are, are they serious? Well, heck yeah, they're serious. Absolutely. I couldn't wait to get on the phone and say, hey, Joe and Lindsay, you're never going to believe this. Now, I have no idea how this whole situation is going to work out. I don't know if the adoption is going to happen or not. But I do know this. Sometimes we have an opportunity to share uncommonly when we are just simply listening to the needs of the fellow Christians who are around us. You see, uh, we have a responsibility not just to ourselves but to one another. And so if we have been changed because of what Christ has done in us, uh, then we have an opportunity 
to care for one another. Doesn't that sound pretty good? And we can make the phone calls and we can take the text messages and we can give the money and we can take our time and we can drop those encouragement notes in, right? All of that counts. John is saying, hey, if your life has been changed, then the result of that is going to be you're going to share yourself and what you have in an uncommon way. Are you with me? You hanging? All right. How many of you, I brought this with me today. How many of you have any of this? You know what that is? It's not luggage. It's baggage. Now what you can't see, but what I will tell you, is that there's a whole set of baggage in there. You see, we we know about Pandora's box, but we also know about Pandora's baggage, don't we? It just keeps going, and there's a little one inside of a little one that's inside of a little one that's inside of a little one. Yeah, you, you got me, right? See, how many of us have baggage? Here, answer, all of us. All of us have baggage. All of us have baggage. We all struggle with sin. We're going to leave here today, and some of you are going to yell at your kids on the way home and feel bad about it because you just heard this sermon. Right? Confession time. I have to go coach a soccer game after this. Please call me later. Keep me accountable. You see, we all have baggage. We all have maybe a shameful sin that that we want to hide. It's going to go down in the basement in that little cubby hole where we don't want anybody to go, right? And there there are multiple layers of baggage. Maybe the the baggage is is some shameful sin in our past that we don't want anybody to know about. Maybe the the baggage is, is something that's happened to our family. Maybe it's a tragedy. Maybe it's something that someone did to us, but we all have baggage. Now let me tell you, uncommon sharing isn't just about sharing our finances and sharing our time and sharing our effort and sharing our encouragement. It's sharing our baggage. Because here's the truth. Vulnerability will breed trust. It will breed fellowship. But if we try and hide the baggage, it will only breed pretending. And we'll have pseudo-fellowship, and we'll put smiles on our face, and everything will be grand. You want to know where we begin to show the kind of love that really makes the difference? Where we begin to say, I, I now have fellowship with other Christians. It's when we begin to share this stuff. When we begin to say, these are my deepest, darkest questions. These are the things that I have continued to struggle with from the moment I became a Christian. Do you have baggage? Me too. John is saying to us, 
the results of your life in relationship with Christ is that you would love one another. Here's the great thing about baggage. The grace of Jesus Christ has cut me loose from this. It's cut me loose. I'm not my baggage anymore. But it's in sharing that I tell God and how I live my life that this no longer has power over me. This last week, you know, I, I told you last week about Julie. Uh, I shared it with some of my students. And it was interesting. As I shared with them, there was one student. His name's Gio. And he came into my office later and he shut the door. And he's like, Mr. Cahill, I just want to share with you about my dad. You see, Gio had lost his dad to cancer last summer. And what he wanted to do was come and love on me by looking at me and saying, hey, I know what you're carrying around. Who's the best person to mourn with you? Someone who has mourned. Who's the best person to walk through an addiction with you, CR folks? Those who have shared the pain and agony of having an addiction. How will we love one another? By sharing uncommonly with one another. Now, some of you are thinking, Mark, Mike, uh, you, you have gone a long ways from the question that you started with. And I really haven't. How is it that we can know, that we can know, that we can have confidence and assurance and certainty that a relationship with God is good? It's through uncommon sharing. You see, uncommon sharing, uncommon sharing crystallizes uncommon assurance. The kind of assurance that God gives us. Walk with me to verse 19 in chapter 3. I love it. John's going to say, when you are at that moment, when you are condemning yourself, you're sure that you can't possibly have this relationship with God. He knows you better than you know you. And the result of a relationship with Him that has been led out in love with other Christians tells us that we have assurance in what God is doing. Look at 19 and 20. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth. Notice, He has just got done saying, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us. 
For God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. You see, even though we desperately fail, even though we shoot for the moon and miss, John is saying, if you have shared love uncommonly with your brothers and sisters in Christ, He knows your heart. That although you have weakly tried to obey, your heart just stands in submission to Him. Isn't that great? How is it that you know? You know because the result of your life is uncommon sharing. Can I invite you to that this morning? Can I invite you to share uncommonly with your fellow Christian? And can I invite you to the kind of assurance that when you're sure that you're a lousy Christian like I was yesterday, that God still stands with you. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your goodness to us. God, I confess sometimes I'm a lousy Christian. Father, let the result of this relationship with you be that I will love uncommonly and share my life with others. I love you, God. Help me get this thing figured out. In Jesus' name.